Good afternoon, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast. So, I haven't done a podcast here in a few weeks, so I wanted to do one, because one of my friends on Twitter asked me to review or give my opinions about the movie Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's new, complex, vivid, and multi-layered biographical film about uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, so-called. So I wanted to do this uh, do this podcast. Saw the movie yesterday in a large theater. It was a very, very good movie. And it comes in at just around three hours. Now that may sound like a big-time commitment, and it is. But I am going to try to make the case to you that this is time very, very well spent. Very, very well spent. And this is really one of those movies that I, I think that it's important to just do a little bit of background reading on uh, Dr. Oppenheimer, just so you can familiar, familiarize yourself with who he is, what he did, and who the names of the famous personages are in this movie, his other, the other physicists. So you know who you know. You're you're going to understand the scenes and the drama between the players. You need to have a basic understanding of who Enrico Fermi was, uh, Leo uh, uh, Leo Szilard, uh, Albert Einstein, obviously, uh, Edward Teller, uh, Louis Strauss. The, these these uh, you know Leslie Groves. You need to have a basic understanding of the era of the um, the era from the, the United States history from the 1920s up to the 1950s because if you don't do that you can still enjoy the movie but you're going to miss out on some of the nuances so just i would just say you know spend a few minutes just kind of poking through you know what's available out there in the public domain um you know crank through a few wikipedia articles on who these guys were just so you can in a, in a previous era i would just say look them up in the encyclopedia you know, look up these names just so you can kind of know who these folks were. But you get the idea. You can use Wikipedia or whatever, whatever Pedia you uh, you <laughs> you choose to use uh, to get up to speed on these characters. But anyway, Christopher Nolan, as we all know, is a um, a, a, a an incredibly gifted filmmaker. He's uh, to his credit, he has some of the great the great uh, movies of our era. You know, The Dark Knight. I think he also did Inception, if I'm right. If I remember, I'm sure, pretty sure he did. Uh, Interstellar. Uh, some of these movies are truly, um, you know, uh, landmark experiences in, in scientific achievement and emotional depth. And I, I think that um, I think we, we could, that's something we can all agree on. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the positive points about Oppenheimer and maybe some of the, the minor, minor negative uh, comments that I would have. You have to have some negative comments. You just can't uh, do really a review without making, making some, some uh, negative comments. But what I really enjoyed about uh, Oppenheimer, first of all, the, the, the incredible performance by Cillian Murphy. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his first name correctly. Uh, but this is the gentleman who who is, plays uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, uh, and he just nails it to a T. He has Oppenheimer's voice, the cadences of his voice, uh, his dress, everything is just perfect. I mean, he he just uh, um, really gives uh, Daniel Day-Lewis a run for his money in terms of the method acting school. So this is, this is really his movie. 
in many ways. The supporting cast of characters, um, uh, fans of Nolan's movies will recognize many familiar faces. You've got Emily Blunt as uh, Oppenheimer's wife. Uh, you've got um, other mainstays of his movies i'm trying to think what are who are some of the the, the names uh, they don't immediately jump to mind but he's also got every the, the casting is perfect he's got um robert a nearly unrecognizable robert robert downey jr as uh oppenheimer's nemesis this lewis strauss um you know uh, matt damon as uh colonel leslie groves does his usual fantastic job uh, but there's there's other familiar faces that you'll see if you're if you recognize I can't remember the names that if you've if you've seen a number of of Christopher Nolan's movies you're you're going to recognize that he tends to recycle some of the same actors which is fine uh, all directors do that if they have good working relationships that just makes things move and, and uh, be produced much more smoothly. There's some interesting characterizations I found uh, the the actor that played. Uh, Professor Edward Teller, Doctor Ed Edward Teller, uh, this uh, Benny Safdie, this this uh, director who also acts, um, kind of a little bit of a distraction there, but he 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 does a good enough job, you know. There's not no complaints or criticisms there, but um, you know it, it's uh, all around. Uh, Gary Oldman, of course, uh, has a. <laughs> <laughs> has a wonderful little cameo role as uh, Professor uh, as uh, President Harry S. Truman, and he nails it. Of course, it's just incredible how great Gary Oldman is. I uh, you know I've always loved this guy, and he just uh, when you see him there in in the in the Oval Office with Truman's drawl and his mannerisms, it's just it's just, it's just very very um, very endearing. So. The the performances really do make the movie. The second thing that I think is very very um, fascinating, at least for me, is just the the subject matter. I mean, let's face it. Even though we're dealing with atomic bombs, which is arguably the most uh, deadly and and serious subject you could possibly imagine in terms of scientific uh, subjects, it's it, it's uh, it's exciting. Let's face it. I mean, the, the, this. This idea of, of of building the most destructive machine really in, in in history, how can you not be, how can you not have your pulse quickened by that idea? How can you not be enthusiastic about that? And let's face it, all men like to take on a daunting project and see it through to a conclusion, and that's what this is. This is a a truly um, epic. Uh, it's an epic example of the marriage of theory with practicalities. And that's what the scientists were dealing with when they were involved in the um, in the Manhattan Project. I mean, they were going beginning from from zero. This was a, an area that had existed purely as a theoretical construct. And they had to go from theory to a working device within a few short years. And it's uh, it's just really marvelous when you think about it. I mean, the government invested a couple billion, if I remember right, in the project. But um, that's what it takes sometimes. Sometimes that's what it takes to really get to the place you need to be. So that's the subject matter. So first is the performances. Second part, the subject matter. The good things of the movie, number one, the performances. The second thing, the subject matter. The third thing, I think, is also the human drama. This human drama of conflict of personalities. 
And we see a very vivid portrait painted of J. Robert Oppenheimer, of a man who is a, a brilliant physicist. And I should say, you know, that one of the characters in the movie says, look, brilliance goes with the territory. You're assumed to be brilliant. So we almost don't even need to say brilliant because every single person who's in the, in the Oppenheimer um, sort of blast radius is, a, uh, is, is, is known to be brilliant. So it's not so much a matter of intelligence. What really matters here is emotional intelligence, ability to understand human dynamics. And this really is the tragedy. This really is the Shakespearean or Greek tragedy aspect a la, you know, uh, Euripides or Sophocles or Aeschylus, that this man failed in his own attempt to control his uh, himself and to master his uh, appetites, his emotions, uh, and, and to really understand the nature of of, um, of human beings. He, um, and, and look, no man can succeed in every area. Uh, all of his energies and efforts went into intellectual achievement, and he really had very little left over for understanding the nature of people. It never occurred to him that associating with people that were known, you know, communists was a bad idea. He seemed to take a very cavalier attitude towards, uh, you know, security, I think, arguably. I think he let people into his confidence that he never should have let into his confidence. And I think most uh, tragically, he failed to understand the political implications of the invention that he was tasked with creating. He just could not understand that, look, once you finish this invention, it's out of your hands. You know, nobody wants to see you running around uh, on the media talking about peace, talking about international controls. That was not the tenor of the times. And arguably, it was extremely naive uh, at best. At worst, it was uh, possibly, you know, endangering the security of the of the country that uh, allowed him to achieve his, his goals. So this really is, I think, the human tragedy here is this uh, this inability to master the bigger picture this uh, lack of restraint. And there are many examples. Look, uh, Oppenheimer was, a, uh, was a, a man with uh, normal male impulses, some of which he was able to control, some of which he was unable to control. And um, I think arguably these things, along with his, uh, his extreme naivete in uh, the political sphere, doomed him to a very unhappy end of his, uh, of his professional life. It's very sad, really, in some ways. But uh, you, the viewer, can judge for yourself. But we have to give a um, a, a rousing uh, cheer for for Christopher Nolan for for bringing this all together in one three-hour production. I mean, he just nails everything: the 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 attitudes of the um, of the protagonists. He, the 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 highly skilled editing and intercutting between flashbacks and and uh, um, you know views of the present day. I mean, he really really does a great job of of just bringing this all together. Which brings me to my final comments here, which are some of the the negatives, which are very very minor. And I I don't want anyone to think that uh, the, the the negatives are, are in any way equal to the positives. They're they're minuscule in comparison. But we have to have something to say negative. Uh, I, I think the last hour of the movie drags a bit. I think he could have maybe tightened up the editing in the last hour. 
Arguably, Nolan gets a little too wrapped up in the congressional hearings aspect of things. I think I think the movie would be even better maybe if it had been 30 minutes shorter. Sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is more. But these are minor uh, minor comments. I think this this sweeping drama between Oppenheimer and his nemesis uh, Louis Strauss is something that uh, should be should be very studied, uh, very very closely studied by viewers, because this is how things happen in real life. There are there are a great many petty jealousies and cruelties that are perpetrated by people that, that are based on their own internal uh, their own internal turbulence. And it often has nothing to do with you. There are some people that are going to, that are going to hate you for no reason. There are some people. There are some people that are going to be jealous of you for no reason, uh, for whatever, whatever twists of fate that are, are involved in that. Uh, these are things that we need to understand, and you cannot close your eyes to these realities. You have to be aware of what's going on around you because the political dimension is just important as the scientific dimension. It does us very, very little good to produce uh, an invention of, um, uh, of um, you know, colossal power if we are unable to have our voice heard in a way that is in keeping with the political tenor of the times. And this is where Oppenheimer really failed. It would have been far better for him to maybe retreat a little bit into the, into the background and let others uh, take charge of the implications of the atomic bomb rather than to offer his opinions. Or he should have maybe shifted himself into more of an advisory role. Or maybe he could have been a little bit more engaging when President Truman, I think one of the key, the key scenes in the movie was when President Truman invited him to the, to the White House, uh, to the Oval Office. And uh, he, he sits there like a scared uh, schoolboy and starts quivering and trembling about how he has blood on his hands. And this is not the type, anyone who knows Harry S. Truman, uh, and I do think I know a little bit about him. I've, I've visited his uh, his home several times in, in Independence. I've read a couple biographies about him. I've studied his life. Uh, you know that Truman was a very um, <laughs> Truman could be very brusque with people, and he was a man of affairs. He didn't have time. I'm mean, look at the people he was dealing with. He was dealing with people like Stalin, with Mao. I mean, you know Truman had his own worries. He the last thing he wanted to hear was some weepy. Uh, scientist sitting on his uh, sitting in, in the Oval Office on a on a love seat there and, and complaining about his fate in life. You know, it would have been far better if if Oppenheimer had maybe diffused the tension with a little bit of humor. I wrote an article yesterday on my website about um, uh, you know about uh, the inventor of the the game of chess and how he amused his patron with a little bit of humor. And I think uh, something like that maybe would have uh, maybe been much more effective when dealing with someone like Harry Truman than than what Oppenheimer actually did. But th th of course, this wasn't with this was not in Oppenheimer's DNA. He was incapable of doing something like that. He was um, he was a man who wore his heart on his sleeve, and he was a man who was uh, I think tormented by his own. Um, I think by his own neuroses and his own obsessions. But, you know, if so, he's not alone. I mean, history is filled with characters like this, and this really is the tragedy of history. And this is why it's so instructive to read and to study the lives of great men, because it helps us learn something about our own natures and possibly uh, instruct us on how we should handle ourselves when similar or analogous situations um, 
uh, come before us. So anyway, that's my comments. Those are my comments on Oppenheimer. I hope you will see the movie and hope you will let me know what you think of it on Twitter. And um, that's all for now. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good afternoon.